0: What it means to be civilized. Civilization is not a condition that society arrives at if it is able to survive long enough. Civilization is not an indicator of a mature culture. Many of the oldest cultures are the most primitive. Many cultures resist attempts to civilize them. Most people appreciate the modern version of their primitive tools and implements. They do not oppose the technology but many peoples resist changing their ancestral way of living. Primitive cultures are subsistence cultures. Most tend to live by rotating the location at which they live. The tribe will reap what is available in one area before moving on to the next. This partly explains their rejection of a lifestyle tied to technology. When one moves regularly, it pays not to be too dependent on machines. The adoption requires a large amount of infrastructure. Its maintenance requires a serious change to a nomadic lifestyle. Tools, other than updated modern versions of the ancient version, adds to what must be transported to the campgrounds. But civilization is not just about the amount and complexity of tools and equipment a people have access to. Technology is a symptom or product of a civilized way of living. But tools do not make a civilization. It is civilizations that make tools. Correlation does not prove causation, what can be explained by conjunction, but the underlying truth expressed as two correlated events, is not invalidated by the conjunction. Technology and civilization are inseparable. But adding technology to a society does not make the people a civilized people. This is better understood if we look at primitivism. The commonplace assumption is to equate a lack of tools and engineering with primitivism. But the lack of technology does not prove primitivism any more than their existence proves civilization. Primitivism is more accurately linked with socialism or its modern equivalent, liberalism. Civilization is about economics. Economics is the answer to everything. The division between primitivism and civilization is economic. The Apriorian postulate states, if people do not own what they create, they remain trapped in a primitive state. The greatest barrier to civilization is socialism. If you build what others build, and fashion them as others do, building just enough for personal use, your fellow tribesmen will not contest your ownership. If you fashion a steel knife when the rest of the tribe has stone knives, your knife will become an object of envy and strife. It cannot be doubted that acquiring advanced technology is not a measure of civilization. But civilized people are often primitive in their social behavior. The advance of technology means killing is facilitated, wars made more deadly, and the things to quarrel over, increased. The problems of primitive societies are not alleviated by advances in technological wizardry, often they are made worse. What we need to understand is that the distinction between civilized and uncivilized is not one of technology. The dividing line is economic. It is the same line that divides rich and poor, right and left and the powerful, from those who have less power. The key to economics is our understanding or appreciation of ownership. Civilized people respect the rights of other people to what they author or create. Primitive societies assume the community has a claim on what the individual member produces. In primitive societies, or those societies becoming uncivil, ownership is never an absolute. In primitive economics, there is always a liability attached to goods that represents a risk to the person who possesses them. The state with the mind of a primitive always retains a claim on the property of its subjects. The difference is that primitives think everything belongs to everyone. Primitives believe ownership is a convention. The property of others can be taken because it does not really belong to them. Private ownership may appear to solve the problem of communal ownership. The perception is an illusion. Even if ownership is deemed private, it does not eliminate the communal aspect. Privatization is a democratic primitivism. The power and authority of the community is vested in an administrative body, rather than in the people as a whole. Private enterprise does not recognize the same two facts similarly ignored by all primitive peoples. The first fact is that the planet belongs to God. Even if you deny God, you still cannot claim you have made any part of the natural world. God owns the earth and so no man has a claim on it. The second fact is that no person has a right to claim any part of the natural world. A person may make the claim, but the only means by which this claim can be legitimized is through physical force. Crime is a denial that what one person says is privately owned bears any weight. The state never relinquishes control over the nation's assets, even when it assigns part of the natural world to one of its subjects, which will be one of its human subjects or one of its corporate subjects. The state assigns conditional licenses to subjects, but retains what amounts to a controlling interest in the property, as it can assign, reassign, and withdraw capital from the account as it chooses. Levels of taxation are not put before a company's board members. But under all of this is a failure of people to understand their civil rights. Civil rights are not legal rights given by the state, in fact, they are more than likely hindered by the state. Civil liberties are the rights society gives to itself, because logic precludes it doing otherwise. Civil liberties are liberties that civil people adhere to themselves for the sake of civilization. These rights are inalienable because they are inherent in the existence of civilization, which can be considered a community. A community is a civil body dedicated to the advancement of civilization, otherwise, it is merely a juxtaposition of humans. Civil rights can be hampered and restricted but not granted. Strong central governments are not consistent with a people's civil rights. Civil liberty is a process by which mankind takes their civil rights back from an oppressive state. Populism is a politics centered on the civil rights of man. Populism is an expression of the community reacting to governments that infringe upon and disrespect the civil rights of man. This is why the issue of civil rights have come to the forefront in the age of COVID. It is why those who wish to restrict civil liberties are fomenting civil strife. They want to divide and conquer us the people through racial strife. The basis of civil rights is the right to what we create. This is why economics is at the core of civilization and the civil rights movement. But the issue civil libertarians have not solved is how to be a civil libertarian, because they have not solved the economic question. As said, mankind cannot create assets. Assets are the natural resources in their natural state. Natural resources need to be processed to be useful to man. This processing adds value to the asset and cumulatively to the planet. This value belongs to the creator of the value. The base or natural value inherent in the physical matter transformed belongs only to its creator. Two facts are apparent. We cannot live apart from the physical world. We cannot prosper or civilize without transforming nature into a form that reflects the needs and wants of mankind. We as creators must respect the rights of the creator and the rights of those who transform reality and give it human value. To be civilized, we must be civil, we need to respect the contributions of those who add value to our lives. Civil rights are grounded in economics, and economics is the study of ownership and its rights. The exercise of civil rights is a business venture. People who demand their civil rights are not charity cases, they want ownership of the value that adheres to them as a creator of value. Civilizations pay for all value created and protects creators from the claims of parasites and primitives. The planet does not belong to man and the wealth created by authors is not community property. Only when society commercializes civil rights and makes them the foundation of a new economy can it claim it has become civilized. Those societies that go the other way and reduce the rights of owners ultimately face societal collapse. This is an unconventional position, to say the least. Civilization is associated with art and literature in most people's minds. Others think of societies that have achieved a high level of technological proficiency as examples of civilization. But imagine a nation administrated as a dictatorship. Subjects work at what they were told to work at and are paid what the central government decides. Each person is given what the state thinks is sufficient. This culture might have a high level of literacy and promote art and literature and science, but there is no right to own what one produced, nor is there the freedom to start a business or purchase what one wished. This society will collapse from resentment and the lack of objectivity in the decision-making process. The argument might be made that people need to be free. But who is freer than the criminal? If centralization stifles initiative, too little prevents it. If people are free to take what they want or impede creators, we are no better off than when this is done by the state. The response might be made that too much freedom is not good. But too little freedom is also said to be harmful. What does too much and too little freedom even mean? Anarchy versus autocracy does not give us a liberal democracy when divided. The total chaos of unfettered power is much the same whether perpetuated by a single all powerful individual, or the absence of any restraint on people. In fact, autocracy is almost a prerequisite for anarchy. Without a strong central government, gangs would form, and turf wars fought, until one of the criminal organizations were strong enough to form an incipient government. Anarchy and autocracy are on the same continuum but they do not pass through democracy to get to the other extreme. Democracy is on a different line of evolution. To have a democracy one has to have ownership. The owners of property must decide to merge their resources to pay for things of mutual concern. This is why democracy rose in Greece, where ownership existed to a higher degree than in China, where ownership was never a serious concept. The wealthy landowners of Greece basically conspired to maintain affairs in a way that kept them in control of their property. A democracy can elect a semi-despotic ruler or one with few powers, but the power of the state must remain with property owners. Neither anarchy or autocracy ought to be compared to democracy. They exist on a different plane of existence. This is why autocracy never morphs into a democracy. It takes a violent revolution to overthrow the autocrat to institute democracy. To get to a civilization democracy must be reformed. Those who create property must define how it will be allocated. This must be done through the market. If the state has any vestige of socialism attached to it the system is a democracy. The democratic continuum extends from socialism to libertarianism depending on the power of the state architocracy is the rule of the proletariat or labor it is work that produces value and value is predicated on the transformative power of man to modify assets to better suit his or her needs only those who produce real wealth have the right to rule because the only wealth is the power of labor to transform the natural assets of the planet without labor producing wealth choices are not available to us Civil rights are attached to property rights. Liberty is paid for by labor. Only when this condition exists, absolutely, can we claim to have achieved civilization.